Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 11. Thank you very much for joining me. I do apologise for the slight delay, but you'll have to forgive me because it's Christmas and I was making the most of Boxing Day, going out for a lovely walk and enjoying a little bit of time relaxing. So I put my podcast off for the day. I hope that you all had an amazing Christmas and that you are currently knee-deep in Quality Street and cheese boards, eating all of the snacks that your mum said you're not allowed to open for the whole month of December and, you know, just living your best life. So I'm looking forward to New Year. I can't wait for New Year. New Year's Eve's always a bit of a letdown, isn't it? But New Year I love because I just really like a nice new shiny year to start with. So I'm looking forward to that. And I also could do with eating a salad because I'm feeling like a positive pig in a blanket at the minute. I am a roly-poly Christmas pudding and I just keep shoveling in all of the remaining chocolates at the bottom of the quality street tub, the coconuts, the fudges, the ones that nobody wants. Still going strong. But never mind, never mind, it'll soon be New Year. I've got a good manifestation story for you to start with this week because last, was it last week? No, it must have been within this week at some point. My dad's car had broken down, like it was on the driveway, but it was broke. The battery had completely died, so... He had rang the, what's it called, green, is it green flag? Yeah, I think it's green flag. And they couldn't do anything about it. Apparently it needed a brand new battery. It was completely dead. So he'd had it on charge with like a battery pack all day and it wasn't working and he was ranting and raving and calling it every name under the sun and like, you know, saying how there's no way it could be started and he was getting more and more annoyed and stressed out and pacing back and forth and just being a little bit negative. So I said, what's up with it? He said, no, the battery's dead, the battery's dead. I said, oh, I'll start it a piece of piss, Dad, give it here. No, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you won't do it. I said, I will, Dad. And he's like, you can't, you can't, the battery's died. There's no way. I said, Dad, there will. There's there's always a way. I said, it's probably just needs charging up with some good vibes. So... Anyway, he didn't believe me, but I went outside to the car and the lid was open. It's not called a lid, is it? What do you call them? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Bonnet, the bonnet. Is it the bonnet? Yeah, I think it's, it sounds weird now saying it. You know when you say a word and it sounds weird when you say it? The bonnet, yeah. The bonnet was open. Anyway, I digress. So the bonnet was open So I went and stood next to it and I thought, like, what would it look like if it was starting? And I thought, well, it'd be all, like, vibrating and shaking about. So I visualised that for a minute. And then I kind of had a word with the car. I was like, I need you to start now, please. Sorry about my dad. He's in a bad mood. He's stressing out about you not starting. He needs you to start, please, because he needs to get you to the garage. Uh, so I had a little word with it, like a nutter. There were a couple of dog walkers going past that thought I'd lost my bloody marbles, but that's fine, I have. And then uh got in the car and 
I just waited for a minute and I pressed the button and it wasn't starting because it's like it's a Range Rover so it's got like one of those buttons you know it's not like a key it's like a bloody flight deck inside which makes it even harder to start because it's not like a you know like in a normal car where you can just mess about with the engine and things start so it's not doing anything and then I saw I thought that's weird it should be starting by now I've just had a word with it I've told it it needs to start and give it all the good vibes and all that anyway I noticed my dad at the window going no it's not gonna start it's not gonna start no, 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 no. come up no don't do that no, 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 no. I said dad dad get in the house get your bad vibes away from this car please so anyway he went back into the house <laughs> Um, and I said, I'm sorry about him, sorry car about him, but whenever you're ready, just give me a sign and I'll press the button. So I sat there, I did, I'll add a little meditation for about a minute in the car and without pressing anything, I don't know much about cars, but I can't really understand how this would happen otherwise, but without pressing anything, the heat has started blowing. So nothing else happened just the heat has started blowing so I took that as my sign that it was ready and I pressed the engine and voila it started so my dad ran out of the house I'm like beeping the arm I mean, he ran out of the house like a grasshopper his legs are like jumping that fast and unplugged everything really quickly and he's like fucking hell she's starting it she's starting it Jean <laughs> to my mum um but I think that that is just purely because I believed that I could. Like, last week we were talking about manifestation and the belief part, ask, believe, receive, the belief part being the hardest bit. If you believe and you can't see why not, which I couldn't see why not because I don't know anything about cars, if you believe it's going to happen, it will. Like, there is no two ways about it. So this car starts, he couldn't believe it, the green flag people couldn't believe it, and it was just an all-round entertaining scenario for me. So, yeah, if anybody needs any any work doing on the cars, I am now a qualified energetic mechanic, so hit me up. And also, this week, I've been doing lots of meditations about, like, spirit guides and things like that. I know a lot of people think, oh, my God, what a load of crap. But I'm really into stuff like that, like spirit guides and things. So I've been trying to open up more to it by meditating and looking out for little signs and I've been seeing loads of angel numbers which are like repeating numbers if you don't already know what they are like 1111 or 222 so the same num- same digit more than once and this morning I had a weird thing happen that has never happened before so I woke up early in the morning, I think it was about five, no, probably about half five, and I opened my eyes, which is not like me, because normally I'm a bit groggy in the morning, and I was just like awake straight away, and nothing happened straight away, but I just looked to the corner of the room in my bedroom, and I can only like describe it as like sheet lightning, you know, like really mega, mega bright flash but it wasn't coming from outside, it was it was just inside the room and it was just in a small section about like 
you know, like a wardrobe size, let's say. That's a really random thing to compare it to, but like a wardrobe sized flash that was there for a split second. And I thought, ooh, I wonder if that was my spirit guide. So I'll keep you updated on that. It's either that or my retina's detaching, so pray for me. So this week I thought I would just talk a little bit more about the belief part of manifestation because I think there is a bit more to talk about on that one and I think it's quite important. So I'm going to start by talking about how when people have seen something happen before they're able to believe that it's possible. So there was a point where people had never been to space and we didn't think that it was possible. There was a point where people thought that you couldn't climb Mount Everest and there was a point where people thought that you couldn't do a four-minute mile. But as soon as one person does that, things change. So, for example, if we talk about Mount Everest, in 1953, two men climbed up Mount Everest together successfully and they were the first people who'd ever reached the top of Mount Everest. And before that, people have been trying continuously since around about 1922. So from 1922 to 1953, people were trying and trying and trying and were never successful because they just thought it was not, it wasn't possible. As soon as those two people managed to get to the top, people started doing it successfully quite quickly afterwards. And since then, there have been over 5,000 people who've successfully made it to the top of Mount Everest. The year after that, in 1954, somebody called Roger Bannister ran the first sub-four-minute mile, so he ran it in like three minutes and 57 seconds, I think it was. And that had never been done before. People thought that it was completely impossible. They just didn't believe that humans were capable of that. But by the next year, three runners who were running in the same race all ran a four-minute mile, which was just unheard of. And by the end of the 70s, over 200 more runners had done the same. Just because one person had done it, that had developed the belief that it was possible for other people to do it. In some cultures, people walk, like as a ritual, they'll walk on hot coals and come out with no burns on the feet. And in some churches, especially like the, what are the, what's the word for them? They're like the ones that are always on the telly and they're all kind of, um, what's the way to describe them without being offensive to anyone? Very happy, clappy, over the top, um, quite aggressively preachy type of churches. And they sometimes incorporate things like being bitten by snakes or drinking strychnine and things. And the fascinating part of that is that the people who do that aren't harmed. They don't come to any harm because they're in such a state of absolute belief or faith. 
And to me, belief and faith are exactly the same thing. I think when you say the word faith, people automatically assume that it's to do with a particular religion. But I just think it's just a very strong belief in something. What's that song now? He's got his trombolese. I always thought it said trombolese. Everybody else think that? He's got his trombolese. It wasn't. It was strong beliefs. I was about 27 when I realised that. Anyway, yeah, so I'm not a religious person at all, but I think I'm quite a spiritual person, maybe. Not like I walk around dressed like a hippie all day or anything and, you know, well, sometimes I do, but not too much. But I do think I've become more spiritual the more I've learned about the law of attraction and all of the stuff to do with that over the years. But I'm not religious, although I see how people are because to me when people are talking to their god which doesn't offend me in the slightest at all i think everybody should have whatever beliefs they want like just live and let live but to me you're talking to a field of energy that's what my opinion is it's not a person in the sky um and obviously i don't know i'm I'll let you know when I get there, but I don't know better than anybody else. But that's what my interpretation of it is, is that we are, we are God. Like it's us, we're the creator and that what's helping us is a massive field of energy. But it can be difficult to imagine that we are that powerful. So I think a lot of us put somebody else in charge or something else in charge. So historically, people would believe that the son was a god because they couldn't they couldn't believe how like you know how was it staying up there in the sky and how was it so bright and why was it moving around so they presumed that it was some kind of god which obviously we know now is not quite correct but belief or faith in any package whatever it might be religious or not is a very important part of manifestation so you do you boo pick whichever one you like. For me, I call it the universe, but what I actually mean is the field of energy that I think we are all in. But when you do learn about religions, and I don't learn much about religions, but being a teacher, I've, you know, I teach about different religions, and there are very, very similar things in each religion, very similar storylines in in all of the religious tales that link strongly with each other so they have small differences but many of them are much the same and when you read things that are more spiritual and more about law of attraction and more about the universe and manifestation again there are loads and loads of links to the stories that you hear in religious texts so I think that we're all talking to the same thing and calling it a different name It's just a shame that everybody argues over whose imaginary friend's the right one. So something else that I wanted to talk briefly about in this episode is the placebo effect. So hopefully you've already heard of that, but if not, I'm going to just tell you what a placebo effect is. So the placebo effect is defined as a phenomenon in which some people experience a benefit after the administration of an inactive lookalike substance or treatment. 
The substance, or placebo, has no medical effect. So it's basically like something like a sugar pill. And the person that discovered the idea of the placebo effect was a man called Henry Beecher, who was a medic in World War II. And he was treating injured, badly, badly injured soldiers in the war. And he ran out of pain-killing morphine. So because he had no other option he decided to risk it for a biscuit and replace what should be morphine with saline solutions, so just water and and salt. And he spoke very confidently to the soldiers and told them that it was going to kill all the pain, they wouldn't feel a thing, da-da-da-da-da, very confidently administered them with this saline solution, which obviously medically does nothing. And he found that the vast majority of the soldiers who were having major surgery, like, you know, amputations and all sorts of things, didn't feel any pain because they trusted that Henry Beecher had given them a strong painkiller. So today, people, the scientists who've studied the placebo effect understand that what's actually happening there is the belief that you are receiving something that's medical, that's going to stop the pain or do whatever it's supposed to do, encourages your brain and your body to release chemicals that mimic the effects of those drugs. So whatever you're, they're supposed to do, whatever you believe they're going to do, they will have that same effect because of the belief. And placebo effects are used in absolutely every medical, pharmaceutical drugs trial. So you can't release a pharmaceutical onto the market until it's been tested against a placebo because it's widely acknowledged in scientific circles that the placebo effect is a thing. And I could not agree more with that. I definitely think that the placebo effect is really, really powerful. And in fact, I take medication for... ADHD, so I take these like um, Listex amphetamine, it's called, which is like a stimulant drug to get rid of the symptoms of ADHD. And they definitely work and I can feel them, but because I've had them for a long time now, they're not quite as effective as they once were physically. But they work for me, I believe, because I believe that they're going to work. So I think that they do have some medical benefits. Like I definitely think that they help me, um, you know, really do help me in some certain ways. But I think a lot of the ways that they help me is much more to do with my belief in them. And I think that's the case for a lot of medications that people are regularly on. But people find it uncomfortable to accept that because they think they're being some kind of fraud. <laughs> Um, but that doesn't doesn't bother me at all. I just think if it works, it works. It doesn't matter whether it's a placebo or not. It's having the same effect, so therefore it works. It's like getting pissed on a side of lolly. And speaking of side of lollies, I remember years ago when I was about probably about eighteen, I went to a house party and I picked up some beer because you know we all drank the same thing then. It was just all beer. And I remember going to the shop and picking up this beer and getting about 10 cans of it and drinking them all 
and feeling absolutely off my rocker. And then I woke up in the morning at this house where we'd had this house party. I can't even remember whose it was now. It was many, many years ago. And I, it was alcohol-free. And I thought, how? How can that be? Because I was pissed. But I obviously wasn't. It was obviously the the placebo effect making me think that I was because I was drinking the beer and I totally believed that it was normal beer. I hadn't realised that I'd picked up a different one. Um, and I hadn't had any alcohol all night, which is so bizarre, isn't it? So just as much as belief can be beneficial, very, very beneficial for us in manifesting things, as I've talked about over and over again, we also have limiting beliefs. And the limiting beliefs are the problematic ones that we have to pick out, work through and get rid of because they are holding us back. But again, they are still beliefs and they are very, very, very powerful. So just as an example, I'm going to read you a very short story about elephants that demonstrates the power of belief, whether it's negative or positive. In this case, it's a negative belief. So the story is about a man who sees some elephants tied up by a very small rope, fully sized elephants, and he doesn't understand how they are still there, basically. So the man stopped, confused by the fact that these huge creatures were being held by only a rope tied to their legs. It was obvious that the elephants could at any time break away from the ropes that they were tied to, but for some reason they did not. He saw a trainer nearby and asked why these beautiful, magnificent animals just stood there and made no attempt to get away. Well, he said, when they are very young and much smaller, we use the same size rope to tie them, and at that age, it's enough to hold them. As they grow up, they are conditioned to believe that they cannot break away. They believe that the rope can still hold them, so they never even try to break free. He was amazed. These animals could at any time break free from their bonds, but because they believed so deeply that they couldn't, they were stuck right where they were. The powerful and gigantic creature had limited its present abilities by the limitations of its past. So, sorry to uh, kill your vibe with that sad story, because it is a bit depressing, isn't it? But it just goes to show how limited many of our beliefs are. And if you can change that so that you believe that you are capable of achieving whatever it is that you're looking to achieve, or of receiving whatever it is that you're manifesting you almost certainly will. And the older that we get, the more limited we become because of all those outside influences. If you ask children, I know this from my own experience, if you ask children what they want to do when they grow up, the younger they are, the bigger and more adventurous their ideas are about what they want to do when they're older or who they want to be. You know, they quite happily tell you that they want to be astronauts and things like that. And for most of us, it's just not on the cards. We just don't believe that that's a possibility for us. But why not? If one person has achieved something, then there's definitely no, no reason at all that you can't also achieve it. And even if they haven't, just like those first people who climbed Everest and first people who went into space and first people who did the four-minute mile... There's no reason why not, as long as you believe it's possible, 
you can do anything that you want to, even if other people don't think that you can. As Henry Ford once said, who was a very, very determined person and complete had complete belief in what he was capable of doing and didn't listen to anybody who told him that certain things weren't possible, he said famously, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And I agree. So make sure that you think that you can. Right, I'm going to love you and leave you. I hope that you have a wonderful New Year's Eve and that you are out getting drunk off cider lollies or alcohol-free beer or all the Prosecco and that you have a lovely New Year's Day. Hopefully get a roast dinner out of it and set some new goals for 2022. I will see you next week. Bye.